But over here in this one, if you want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be again in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11. You say, that sounds familiar. Well, it ought to, if you remember anything about last week. Hebrews chapter number 11, we're going to go back to the exact same chapter where we were seven days ago. Um, last week, we looked at a message here from, from Hebrews chapter 11, commonly known as the Hall of Faith. And we looked at a message, would our name be there? If God were to write another Bible, again, hypothetical, I, I understand all that. His word is settled in heaven forever. Hypothetical, if God were to write another Bible after our death that covered the time span of our life, would we have lived a life, a life godly enough to have made the book? More specifically, would we have lived a life close enough in line with God to have made the hall of faith here in Hebrews chapter 11? This morning we're going to read the passage again, and in all honesty, I wanted to read the entire chapter, and it wouldn't take me that long to read 40 verses, but for the sake of time, um, I'm going to read just the first six. We are going to read several more, but we'll just look at them one at a time as we get to them this morning. But I want to look at a message. It doesn't do a lot of good to say, would your name, would our name be there, would we make the book, and not go back and say, well, how can I do that? How, how could I live a life pleasing to God in such a way that if you were to write a, another book, that my name would, would make the book? This morning, I want to look at a message, how can I be a hero of faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. By it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, I thank you so much for the message, God. I thank you for what you've given to me, Father. I pray you continue to teach to me. God, continue to build in me. But Father, even now as you teach to me, God, I'd ask you, would you speak through me? God, I pray you'd speak to your children here in this place. God, I pray you'd move some mountains this morning. God, I pray you'd break down some walls. I pray you'd restore some families, some marriages. I pray you'd save some souls. God, I'm going to take one message right here from these six verses. And with them, I can do nothing, God. But I know that you can reach every need in this place. Your Holy Spirit can speak to every individual differently and meet them right where they are, Father. I pray you'd do that this morning, God. I pray that every need in this place, Father, would be met. I pray that you'd move upon your children. I pray you'd help us when we walk out of this door to be a better servant for you than we were when we come in. God, I pray you'd help each one of us, Father, to learn something this morning to help us be a hero of faith. It is our heart's desire to serve you and please you, God. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can, you can be seated. I want to look this morning 
at 10 ways to be a hero of faith. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm, I'm not going to exhaust any one of these. What I could do is make this a 10-week series. There's enough information in every one of these to make a message out of and do a series. But I believe God would have me give them all to you this morning. It's not going to be that long because what I'm going to do is just kind of highlight, especially since I got you started a little bit later, but that's okay. I feel like God showed up and gave somebody some help in here this morning. There ain't no doubt in my mind that God moved in here this morning. I believe he still will through his word. Verse number one, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So obviously the first answer, if we're going to be a hero of faith, the very first one is we must have faith in God. Here in in Hebrews, the, the word faith is used 32 times. The number 32 in the word of God is the covenant. Here in in chapter number 11, we find by faith, actually in the book of Hebrews, we find it 17 times. In chapter 11, we find find it 16 times that the Word of God says by faith. The number 17, of course, is victory, and we do have victory in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The number 16 is love. The only time that we find by faith used in the book of Hebrews outside of chapter 11 is in chapter 10 and verse number 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Everybody got that one. The just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So it's it's clear and obvious to see that if we're going to be a hero of faith, then the first thing that that we've got to have is faith in God. Because as we finished up there in verse number 6, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you are diligently seeking God, this is a little intermission and we'll move on to the next one. If you feel like you are diligently seeking God and you feel like you're not getting what you're asking for, you can't see what God is doing in your future. You can't see what God is doing in your eternity Too many times scriptures are too misinterpreted. Well, if I'm diligently seeking God, then why don't I have that new car? That's not what God has in store for you. He may give you the new car. That's all well and good. He may give you the new home. That's all well and good. Take care of your financial needs. That's all well and good. But God has things greater. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared. For those that love him. We've not even seen the tip of the iceberg of what God has in store for those that diligently seek him. Verse number 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. So number 2. If we're going to be a hero of faith, we're going to need a more excellent sacrifice. See, the question is not, did you come to church on Sunday? The question is, why did you come to church on Sunday? See, if you're just here to check something off your list, that's not a more excellent sacrifice. If you're just here because it's Sunday, and well, I mean, that's what we have to do on Sunday, and so I got to get up in the morning and go to church, that's not a more excellent sacrifice. If you're here because mom and them's here, and you know, if I don't go, mom and them's going to be there, and they're going to call me before they even get out of church. Where are you at? You miss your, I don't want to have to hear it. That's not a more excellent sacrifice. If you put a few dollars in the plate at a church, and you call yourself doing something, you're not paying your tithe unto the Lord, that's not a more excellent sacrifice. If we're coming to church or doing anything for any reason other than we 
absolutely love God. If we're coming to church for any reason other than we want to come together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, this body, this fellowship of believers called Faith Baptist Church, we want to come together and worship Him. We come to church because we trust God, we, we believe God, we believe that it is the will of God that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves as the manner of some is, all the more so as we see the day approaching. If, if we're here for any reason other than we love God, we came here to worship God. We came here to adore God. We came here to spend some fellowship and time with God, to praise and give adoration to God. If we're here for any other reason than that, that is not a more excellent sacrifice. To be a hero of faith, we need a more excellent sacrifice. But it goes on in verse number 5 and says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. If we're going to be a hero of faith, number three, we need a testimony that is pleasing to God. We ought to live a life that is pleasing to God. We don't need a front on Sunday morning. We don't need a front around the church crowd. We don't have this person that acts this way around this group and this person that acts this way around this group. We need to be consistent with the Word of God, in line with the Word of God, live pleasing to the Word of God, walk in the Word of God, in oneness with God in everything that we do, everywhere that we go, every single day of our lives. Dale and I were talking earlier this week, we were <clears throat> talking about some funerals and, and some things that is coming, and, and we talked about some past, and to be honest, some of the most difficult funerals that you ever preach is those that neither you nor anybody else knows that they went to heaven, but based on their testimony, there's a pretty good idea that they didn't. Those are very difficult funerals to preach because there's not a lot of hope to give the family. So really, you just have to leave it at this decision is final. I'm here to preach to the living. You still have a choice. But then there's those others that you really don't have to say much. Their life preached their funeral their life was a living testimony before God Almighty you didn't have to ask them where they stood you knew where they stood you saw the goodness in them you saw the grace in them you saw the fellowship in them their life was a living breathing testimony of the goodness of God so you don't have to try to to come up with things to even comfort or console the family because you have this promise. I saw their testimony. It was pleasing to God. And so right now they're walking on streets of gold. They're seeing things that your eyes can't comprehend. They're hearing things that your ears can't imagine. They're caught up in a place that if they could come back, they wouldn't. Because they lived a life that was pleasing to God. Our life ought to be a, a, a testimony, pleasing. I, we ought to live our lives in a way that people around us can see the goodness of God in us. They ought to see the light of Christ shining in us and, and shining through us. We ought to be living a life. Listen, if someone has to ask you if you're a Christian, we're not doing some things right. If we've been around somebody for a little bit and, and they've had any time to be around you at all and they have to ask us if we are a Christian... We're not doing some things right. We ought to be a testimony pleasing to God. Verse number 7 says, By faith Noah being warned of God, of things not yet seen, not yet, or seen, not seen as yet, moved with fear, 
prepared an ark. Number four, if we're going to be a hero of faith, sometimes we're just going to have to step out and do some things that may not make sense at the time. God ever give you anything to do that didn't seem like it made sense? God ever give you a direction to go? God ever give you a specific instruction? God told Noah to build an ark, a boat, to put a whole bunch of animals on, and whatever people will get on. It ain't ever rained. <laughs> ain't no rivers running down through here to flood. There's no water anywhere close to here. There's no trailers. There's no transport company. There's no way to, to move this from where it is. So nothing about the ark made sense. It didn't make sense to those around him. May not have made perfect sense to him. He just knew God told him to do it. If God gives you something to do, it may not make sense to the people around you. God didn't tell you to consult with anybody and see if it made sense. God just gives us stuff to do. If we're going to be a hero of faith, then when we know that God has given us something to do, and it's a clear picture, then our job is to do what God has given us to do and to trust Him with the results. It, it doesn't matter if it makes you win or lose a popularity contest. It doesn't matter if it makes you popular at school, popular at work, and popular for the wrong reasons at work. All we need to know is if God has given us a specific instruction, if we're going to be a hero of faith, if we're going to make it into Hebrews chapter 11, if, if we're going to make it to the book, if we want God to be pleased with our lives, then we're going to have to do what God said do. Verse number 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. Number five, to be a hero of faith, we're going to have to be willing to step out of our comfort zone and go where God says go. Abraham heard God tell him to leave your father's house and go into a land which I will show thee. By faith, Abraham asked God to send him a road map. I'm going to have to start over. Nobody got that. Y'all thought that was the truth? No, well, matter of fact, I know why they threw y'all off. Most of y'all are younger than I am. Y'all know what a road map is. Atlas, book, open up, states, pictures, roads, highways. Let, let, me, let me put it in, in a more understandable for 2020. Abraham didn't ask God to go on Google and put a drop pin where he's at and then text him the drop pin so he know where he was going. That, that was the equivalent of a road map. I should have been more, more modern in my terminology. Y'all would understood. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 3. Well, I'm not through with that one. Let, let, me, let me stay on this other minute before we move on. Because I'm pretty sure that God has given everybody in here a place to go somewhere before. I, I'm, I'm positive. I'm, 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 matter of fact, I'm positive that if you've been saved any length of time at all, that God has told you to go somewhere. There's not a doubt in my mind that God has told you to call somebody. Maybe they were needing help. Maybe they were needing hope. God has told you to go visit somebody. You don't know why. God has woke you up in the middle of the night, told you to pray for somebody. You have no idea what's going on in their life. <clears throat> God, 
<coughs> excuse me, God, God has, has given you places to go. Maybe, maybe you're coming to the end of your drive, you're about to turn out, and God has told you to go to work another way. Do y'all ever listen to that one? I can't tell you how many times y'all going to say he's lost it, but I, I saw it, I'm in my little world because it seems simplistic to you. But I'm, I'm, I'm like Preacher Charles Chapman. I pray for parking places at the hospital. He answers them, don't he, brother? I learned that from you. He said, before I go to the hospital, I start praying for a parking place because I don't like parking way out down the back having to walk four miles. I, I believe, I, I can tell you this, on more than one occasion coming home, something there at the intersection of 54 and Boyd Road told me to go on through Hogansville, and I've answered it more than one occasion. I always go through Boyd Road. I don't like going through downtown, and I've gone down there and sat and waited on a train at Boyd Road. I've left and took a little shortcut to get me over to 54 just in time for the other train to come, and I had to sit there and wait on both of them. If I'd have went the other way to start with, I wouldn't have waited on either one of them. I'm just telling you, I believe sometimes the Lord's trying to help us out, and we ain't trying to listen. We, we're so caught up in our own little stuff. I'm just telling you, I believe sometimes the Lord gives us places to go. There's not a doubt in my mind that, that He has given everybody here somewhere to go. He may have even told you, hey, I know you need gas, you fish pull in. I need you to go over there and get gas. I, I know that's not where you usually get gas. You get it right here. I, I know it's two cents a gallon more over there than it is over here. That, that's not what God said. There's been times that God said, I need you to go over there. Because there just may be somebody over there that God needs for you to meet. Now, here, here's the deal that might give you a little bit of encouragement in, in going where God said go. It might very well be that there's someone over there who is hurting or needs help. They need money. Now you ain't going over there automatically because you know they're going to ask you. There's somebody over there that, that is hurting, that is broken, and God needs you, his child, to go over there and be a blessing to them. Be an encouragement to them. Pray with them or pray for them. God may have somebody over there that, that is at the brink of ready to accept salvation. They just don't know how. God may want you to go over there so that you get the opportunity that God will use you, give you the incredible gift to be able to lead that person to Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. God may be sending you over there to be an answer to someone else's prayer. But he may be sending you over there to let someone be an answer to yours. He may be sending you over there because somebody is going to be a blessing to you. He may be sending you over there to do something for somebody. But just as importantly, he may be sending... You may have been up since 3 in the morning. You may have been praying, wondering how you were going to pay your bills. Wondering where you were going to get a dollar to get gas in your car in the first place. You scratched up enough change out of the sofa to get there and get a couple of dollars. And God wants you to go over here and it's more over here than it is over here. God, I need to maximize my efficiency. But God may have somebody over there looking to fill your tank. See, you just never know what God's got in store. To be honest, little, little things like that may be the simplest test of faith that you and I will ever take. It may simply be so that we find out whether or not we're just going to go where God said go. Or if we're just going to be creatures of habit and do things the way we always did and go ahead and go to work the same way. No matter if somebody may be broke down that God was going to use you to meet that day. Just creatures of habit. 
Verse 24, I'll move on. I told you all I'd keep these short. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Number six, to be a hero of faith, we're going to have to be willing to, to turn aside from our own agenda. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 3, Moses is out tending sheep and the Lord appeared. Moses said, I'll now turn aside and see this great sight while the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. Now, we need to understand the setting of this to, to get the fullness of the story. Moses is just going about his day doing his job. He's a shepherd. He takes care of his father-in-law's sheep. So, so he's just out there doing his daily job in the middle of the day. He's not in some deep attitude of prayer and God showed up in a vision of a light. He's not in some deep concentration over reading the law or the prophets or what we would call the Bible. He's not caught up in depth and reading and doing a word study. He's not bathing in an earnest prayer, trying to seek the will of God for his life. He's at work. He's simply going about his day, doing what he does from 9 to 5. He's simply doing the things he's supposed to be doing, just going through just like you and I do. Get up in the morning, get ready, go to work, stay at work, eat lunch, what we do, back home. Everybody with me, y'all have a normal day, relatively normal, hopefully normal, somewhat, sort of, kind of, most of the time a little bit normal. Three people are still awake. Wake your neighbor up. I need to talk to you. He's just going about his day just like we do when all of a sudden God showed up. You and I have to be willing to stop and listen whenever God's ready to speak. God wants to talk to us more than just during our morning devotion time. God has more to say than just what we want to hear during our morning prayer time and Bible reading time. God can show up anytime, anywhere, and ready to speak. But we have to be willing to listen when God is ready to speak. Too many times it doesn't fit our agenda. We've got our drop pin dropped where we're going. We've got our sight set on our drop pin we don't have time to check out the burning bush, though it be not consumed, because we're on a mission, a, a personal mission. Our quiet time can't be the only time that God can talk to us throughout the day, amen? Our text goes on. It says, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the saying to do, were drowned. Number seven, to be a hero of faith, we must be willing to attempt the impossible. Moses knew that God sent him to Egypt. There's no doubt about the burning bush experience. There's no doubt about I turned aside to see and God called him out of the bush and he answered. There's no doubt that God told him, I want you to go. And he said, I'm a man of slow speech. I can't go. And so he let his brother Aaron go with him to be a spokesperson. There's no doubt that God sent him to Egypt. There's no doubt that God turned the staff into a serpent. There's no doubt that God sent the plagues of the lice and the frogs and the flies and all the things that he did, the grasshoppers and the Passover lamb and the blood. There's no doubt that God did many great and mighty miracles. Moses knows exactly who did them. 
Moses also knows that God, when, they, when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, that God said, go this way. And he went this way. And now they find themselves trapped between the Red Sea and an army that wants to kill them. Why in the world, God, would you have brought me to here? Why would you have told me to go this way knowing that there's a dead end in front of me, knowing that Pharaoh and his army is going to come behind me to kill me, why would you send me to here? Sometimes we just have to realize that God brought us this way to show us something that we could not have seen any other way. We could not have seen the miracle here if we had not been here. We could not have gone there and seen what God had in store. We couldn't have seen the mighty hand of God part the Red Sea. We couldn't have seen God move the mountains that you and I have seen him move or, or calm the waters of the storm that we've seen him calm. We couldn't have seen God do miracles in our lives had we not been sent that way to start with. Lord, help us. The only way to see what God brought us here to show us is to be willing to attempt the impossible. If God says, hold up your staff and wait for the water to part, then hold up your staff and wait for further instructions. It doesn't matter how possible it seems. It's what God can do. Verse number 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Number eight, to be a hero of faith, we have to act on what we hear. I wanted to say we have to believe what we hear, but that certainly could be easily misunderstood. Even today, when people are trying to give you things they say is coming from the Bible, we have to be very careful. We want to believe what we hear from the Word of God, but from what we hear from the Word of God in complete context, from in the beginning to amen, leaving nothing out and adding nothing to. Not pick and choose verses, not pull out a one-liner, not make it say what you want it to say, not change words around to make it fit our situation, but what the Word of God says from in the beginning to amen in complete context. Yes, we are to believe that. Everyone in Jericho heard about God. Everyone in Jericho knew that the Lord had given the children of Israel the land. Everyone had heard about what the Lord did when he dried up the Red Sea. Everyone had heard about what they did to to um, the, the two kings over on the other side of the Jordan River. Everyone had heard that they had completely destroyed Sihon and Og, and now here they come to Jericho. Everyone has heard it. Everyone there in Jericho knew what the Lord had done. Everybody had heard, it says, and terror had fallen upon them because they had heard their hearts did melt and there remained no more courage in any of them because they had heard but Rahab was the only one who acted on what she heard just hearing the word of God is not enough it's the same with our salvation just hearing the plan of salvation doesn't work Adam and Eve sin brought sin in the world there was the curse separated from God Jesus Christ come I'm the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. There is no other way. The lying world tells you there's thousands of ways. No, there's not. There's one. His name's Jesus Christ. 
You can hear how Jesus Christ came down 33 and a half years, lived a perfect life, climbed up on Calvary's cross, shed his blood for remission of sin, dropped a drop of blood for your sin, got a drop of blood to use specifically to write your name in the Lamb's book of life, can save your soul today, pick you up out of the fires of hell, old things can pass away, behold, all things become new, God can do a change in your life that no man can explain, you no longer desire the old things of the world, you can hear everything about the truth and walk away from it and go straight to hell if you do not act on what you heard. The same thing is true with the children of God. If you want the rewards that God has promised for you, we have to act on what we hear. Verse number 32. What shall I say more? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak, of Samson and Jephthah, David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, Wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Number nine, if we're going to be a hero of faith, we're going to have to make up our minds. In the book of Daniel, Daniel is, is someone that Darius loved. The king, the king, King Darius, he, he loved Daniel. He, he's one of his chosen. He's one of his, one of his favorites. But yet, Daniel was thrown into a den of lions because he would not cease to worship God. Some evil men had, had tricked the king into signing a decree that, that said, if any man worships anything other than you, O king, he'll be thrown into the den of lions. And the king, being deceived by these men, signed that decree. But see, they thought they were setting a trap. See, it didn't matter what men said or the laws of men. Daniel was going to worship God no matter what. Daniel openly worshiped God every single day. And all the people around him knew that he worshiped God. And so they set a trap that says if he worships God, then he is to be thrown into the lion's den. And sure enough, the day after the decree had been signed that nobody could worship anybody but the king, Daniel did what Daniel does, what we ought to do. He got out like he always does, and he worshiped God. The men that had tricked him saw him worshiping God. They brought him before the king. and He says, we caught this man worshiping God. Now the king at this point knows that he's been tricked. He understands what's going on. He loves Daniel. He, he knows his faithfulness to his God. He, he doesn't want to throw him in the lion's den. But the decree has been signed. Stamped with the signet ring of the king. So he has no choice. So the king is up all night. He's anxious. He's nervous. See, this ain't the first time he put somebody in the lion's den. And when he put somebody in the lion's den the night before, he knows what the scene looks like the next morning. He's seen it before. So in Daniel chapter 6, verse 20, it says that when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel... Servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lion? 
Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. The king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, and their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Before the people even hit the bottom, the lions caught them in midair and began to destroy their bodies for trying to deceive the anointed of God. Verse 25, then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. I'll make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, steadfast forever. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth. He worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth. Who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. What seemed to be a tragedy in the life of the man of God was simply a platform for God to change an entire nation and write a story that would inspire songs and inspire messages and teachings that would change the hearts of men for the remainder of time. Also, same book there in Daniel. We have the story of the fiery furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They were also favorites of the king. He, he liked these guys a lot. But their trial is the opposite of Daniel. Daniel was told that he could not worship God. He said, don't mind me what the laws of man say. I'm worshiping God. So he worshiped God openly. Now, these three men, they were told that they had to worship the idol that had been set up by the king in the plain of Dura when the trumpet sounds and the psaltery and the horns, all that stuff, that everybody was to, to fall down and worship. So when the music sounded, they were supposed to worship this idol or the law said they would be cast into the fiery furnace. That's what the law of man said. But the law of God says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So when the music sounded, you know the story, these three men did not bow down. They were brought before the king, and because they were favorites of the king, they were given another chance. He said, we're going to do the music again. You three guys just bow down, and we'll pretend like this never happened. We'll just move on. It'll be well enough. Just bow down. But they said in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, 
I know that all of you know these two stories very well. You were taught them as children back in Sunday school, so they're not a surprise to you. But, but it was necessary for me to go over these two stories in order to see what it means we must make up our minds. When the three Hebrew men stood there before the fiery furnace, it was because their mind was made up that they were not going to bow down. It didn't matter what man had to say about it. They weren't bowing to that. The reason Daniel was cast into the lion's den is because his mind was made up. He was going to worship God, and no one around him was going to take that away. He was going to give God his best praise. Now, here's the deal. They did not get into a situation and then say, I'm going to have to pray about it. They weren't faced with the situation, and they began to cry out, Oh, God! Oh, God! You, you see where I'm at. I need you, God. I need you now to show up. Deliver me from the lion's den. Get me out of this mess. Don't let me be thrown into the fire furnace. Oh, God! No, no, they didn't wait until the situation arose and then decide what they were going to do. They had their minds made up that they were staying with God no matter what. Nothing was going to change the faith that they had. Their mind was made up. In order for you and I to make it through the trials on Monday, we're going to have to make up our minds on Sunday. We're going to have to decide that when we get up on Monday morning, we're going to have some quiet time with God. We're going to read the Word of God. We're going to get some good devotions from some godly men. We're going to take the things that we've read, and we're going to get the Bible, and we're going to learn some things, and then we're going to, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God to protect us from the trials of this life today. And if I'm going to have to endure one today, if I'm going to face the lion's, ten, lion's den today because I choose to serve God no matter what, if I'm going to face the fiery furnace today because I will not bow down and worship the gods of this world, if I'm going to have to face a life-changing situation today, then God walk with me through the trial Bring me out on the other side so that my problem becomes nothing more than a platform to see God do something great. We're going to have to make up our minds that we're going to stay with God no matter what goes on in this world. No matter what happens, I'm staying with God. We're going to have to make up our mind on Sunday in order for Monday's test to be Tuesday's testimony. We're going to have to make up our mind on Sunday in order for Monday's trials to be Tuesday's trials. We're going to have to decide before the trial ever gets here, I'm staying with God. Maybe God delivers me from the lion's den and saves the nation. Maybe God delivers me through the fire and writes a story. Maybe God doesn't do either of those. I'm going to trust him just the same. Our text goes on and says some of them in this life didn't make it. Chapter 11, verse 36. I didn't read on down to the end. I told you I wanted to read the whole chapter. 36 through 40 says others had trial, had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. 
All these, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Number 10, in order to be a hero of faith, we're going to have to have a faith that endures. These men didn't make up their mind because of the results. They made up their mind in spite of the results. They didn't know how all this was going to work out. Daniel didn't know how the lion's den was going to work out. For all he knew, he was the main course. Probably expected to be. The the three Hebrew children, they didn't know how the, the fiery furnace was going to work out. All they knew is our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. We're not in control of how God will deliver us. And to be honest, it makes no difference to us if we've already made up our minds, I'm staying with God. We know that God's way is perfect. Anybody know that? Anybody know his ways is not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. Anybody know that? Four or five of you do. We already know that that God's way is perfect. And we know that God will use any situation to do something great, whether we understand it or not. Fair question. Anybody in here recently been through or currently going through a trial in life? I know some of you have because I'm praying with you and for you. Do you understand why? Anybody ever been through a trial... And you really don't understand why you went through it. You look back over your life. You try to find out what you did wrong. God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. I've, I've been reading your word every day. I've been praying. I'm in church. I'm working. I'm, I'm, I, I don't really understand why I am where I am. Faith says, but I'm staying here as long as you're with me. I'm staying in this trial until you decide this trial is over. I'm staying with you. No matter what. See, making the hall of faith is easy. All it takes is faith, right? Faith isn't getting us out of every situation. Faith is trusting God in every situation, no matter what. Faith is trusting God when there seems to be no way out. Faith is trusting God when it seems like every road we try leads to a dead end. Faith is trusting God, to be honest, when it doesn't make sense to trust God. Because you can't see where he's going, you can't see what he's doing. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. That's what the story says. So this isn't, by any means, an exhaustive study of Hebrews chapter 11. Rich and I was talking about that Monday. We could preach on Hebrews chapter 11 for a year and not hardly scratch the surface of all the teachings that, that this book has, that this chapter has. Certainly in in each one of these, to be a hero of faith, these are just surface scratchers. This is just a good opportunity for you to take this and go back and look at the things in your life. Because I assure you, one or two of these God can use in our own lives to help us. I've called it ten ways to be a hero of faith. But in all honesty, there's only one way to be a hero of faith. And that's to have faith. That's to have an absolute faith. That God is enough, no matter what. It's hard sometimes, isn't it? I mean, we we all face the same things. You just raise your hand. You've either just recently come through a trial or you're in a trial. Many of you, I know what you're in. I know situations that you're facing. Boy, it's tough. It's easy to have faith on the mountaintop, isn't it? 
It's easy on the sunny days. It's easy to be the one when everything's going good to stand beside the one in the valley and tell him, God will get you through it. You just got to have faith. It's easy when you're the one doing the talking. It's hard when you're the one having to do the walking. It's hard when you stand over in the sun looking down in the shade, but it's difficult when you're the one down in the darkness of the valley trying to see God's light shine in and you can't see how or why you're here. It's hard to have faith in and know that God is going to be enough. God's going to see me through this. And whatever way God gets me through this, that's going to be good enough for me. If God has allowed it in our life, it is simply to be a platform to let us see something that we could not have seen any other way. God never put anything in our life to destroy us. You don't know one of the hardest, scariest. It's okay if I say scary. I'm not going to run you off. You're not going to change churches if I tell you it's a scary thought, am I? One of the things that is scary about faith, anybody wants your faith to be stronger? Anybody want a great faith? Anybody, I should have I asked for you in preaching. Anybody want to be a hero of faith? Anybody want to make the book? You want your faith to grow? You want to know the scary part of that? The only way your faith can grow bigger than what it is is for you to go through something bigger than what you've been through. Ooh, that's a scary thought. It took what you've been through to get you to where you are, but to get you to the next level, you've got to go through something harder than you've ever been through in your past. That's called growing faith. God's got to bring you to some red seas and put some pharaohs behind you before he can part the water. God's got to put you on trial for worshiping him and, and have the king cast you in a lion's den before you can prove how much you really trust him. The trials get harder in order for the faith to grow greater. Some of you, some of you, I, listen, I, I get it. Sometimes we're just ready to throw in a towel. God, my faith, is, uh, let's just call it good. Let's, let's just stop right here. Just get me out of this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can handle growing anymore. You said you'd never put more on me than I could take. Well, I wish you didn't trust me so much because I'm at my breaking point. And, and God, it, it, if you don't mind, I just assume let's just call this trial over and just let my faith stay where it's at because I don't think I can grow anymore. But God just keeps on holding us, keeps on loving us. If I, if I could have you stand this morning. I know some of you are in some trials, some of you are in some burdens. You can pray right where you're at. Pray right where you're at. But the altar, you know, I, we've never closed the altar. Uh, I mean, you, you can probably do yourself a favor if you want to put your mask on and come to the altar and, and keep the social distancing. But uh, what I want is for you to come talk to God about what you need to talk to God about. Just like there's never a time when God can't talk to you. We, we looked at that point. During devotion time in the morning, that's not the only time God can talk to us. We have to have our ears and our hearts attentive to the voice of God at all times. By the same token, in the morning devotion is not the only time you can talk to God. You can talk to God riding in the car. Matter of fact, as we looked at in the baby dedication, when you're sitting in the house and walking by the wayside, and no matter where you are, you can, you can talk to God. You can talk to God this morning. You raised your hand and said, I want to be a hero of faith. Do you have the nerve to ask God to make you one? God, I just want to make the book. I just want to make you proud. I just want to be pleasing to God. I, I want to do something, God, to make you smile.
And I'm asking you to help me. You can pray right there where you're at. You're certainly welcome to come to the altar. Whatever, whatever works best for you. I do want to ask you, do you know that you know that you know you're saved, you're born again, you're a child of God, you're going to heaven when you die because you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you know that your name's been written. You know that you're going to heaven when you die because of Christ in you. Heads bowed, eyes are closed. If you know you'd go to heaven if you died today, you slip your hand up right where you're at and say, I know, thank you, Jesus, I know that I know. All around the room, I see hands that say, I know that I know. If I died, I'd go to heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And I've not just heard about it. Thank you. You can put your hands down. I've not just heard about the salvation. I've trusted in the salvation. I've asked God to save my soul. I never really know why some of you don't raise your hands. I know some are bashful. Some's just not going to raise your hand if we're giving away $100 bills. It's okay. But it always makes me wonder, is there a question in your heart? Do you know that you know? And you didn't raise your hand. Can't help but make me wonder if there's some of you in here that you don't know. You've heard the story. You know about sin. You know about separation from God. You know about Adam and Eve. You know about the fall in the garden. You, you know about how sin is separation. You know about how men are born separated from God. We reach an age of accountability and we either accept or deny Christ. You know that to deny Christ is to spend an eternity in hell. And you know that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know those things. You, you've heard it preached. You've heard it taught. But yet you've never trusted Christ. You can change that now. But it's up to you. You have to act on what you've heard. Just like we looked at as the children of God, we have to act by faith on the things that God gives us to do. You have to act by faith on the things that you've heard. That God is enough and the blood of Jesus is what will save your soul. You have to be willing by faith to surrender your heart to God. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. There must be a confession of our own mouth. I am a sinner for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. I am a sinner. And I'm asking you, Father, to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins and save my soul. In Jesus' name. It's not lip service. It's not buying fire insurance. It's surrendering your heart to God that your soul can be saved. You can be called a child of the King and your name be written down in heaven forever. If you're willing to surrender your heart and say a prayer or something similar to that and trust Christ as your Savior. Just as much a child of God as anybody in this place. You can pray out on live stream. You can pray. It doesn't matter if it ain't Sunday when you're watching this. Whenever it is, it's the Holy Spirit talking to you now. You can pray anytime. God's always got attentive ears to those who are lost. To just turn to Him and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm a sinner.